Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Sometimes you hear music and you feel the deep undertow of rootedness and spiritual depth in it. And maybe you can identify the lyrics or the melody that's part of that, but more than likely the whole effect is stronger than any of the parts. That's how the music of Patchouli is for me. And that's why it's such a delight to welcome Bruce Axel of Patchouli here today for Song of the Soul. Bruce was walking in the direction of seminary when music called him out of man-made churches into the blessings of open-air music. I count us lucky that the guitar won out. He joins me now in the Northern Spirit Radio Studio here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Bruce, thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to have this little chat with you. My goodness, have you made me wait. It was so long. I did have the wonderful interview with Julie some time ago, but you've been traveling so much. About how many performances do you and Julie do as patchouli per year? We're pretty much 150 to 180, and this year, especially for that time, we were playing about 25 times a month. So a lot. We're performing almost all the time now. That's wonderful. How long has Patchouli been going? I think you've got perhaps 12 recordings out there. Yeah, we have 12 recordings out, and we just finished um, our 13th pretty much today, which is a new Terra Guitarra album that'll be coming out in a couple of months. So it'll be 13, and we've been doing this for 10 years so far. Now, I'm privy to some of your history because of the discussion already with Julie. 
so I know a little bit about your past, but your paths were together, diverged. First of all, you're from Minneapolis or from the Twin Cities originally, right? Did you live in the Twin Cities area until you moved down to Chicagoland? I grew up, uh, yeah, just in northwest Minneapolis, Osseo. Then I went to college in both Augsburg and Concordia up in Moorhead. So I went from Moorhead straight down to Hyde Park in Chicago right after college for graduate school. Then I uh, went to seminary at the Lutheran School of Theology for three and a half years. Lutheran. Is this the ELCA-type branch of Lutheran, or was this what you were raised? I take it that somewhere in there you diverged from seminary that maybe you didn't quite finish it? Yeah, actually, um, well, it's a ELCA Lutheran, and I did grow up, my dad was a Missouri Synod Lutheran pastor. My grandpa was the president of the Missouri Synod Lutheran Church, and my uncles are seminary professors, and everyone had some role in religious leadership. I myself went with a little more open-minded group, the ELCA, and those were the colleges that I went to. I went through it. I did my internship where I was alone for nine months. I was supposed to have a supervisor, but the supervisor was elected bishop, and so he became bishop. But then he was asked to resign as bishop because it turns out that he'd been sexually harassing people throughout the years. So I was alone. Um, I was 22 years old, and I had a congregation in West Suburban Chicago of Slovak Lutherans. We actually had a Slovak service in the morning at 8 o'clock and then an English language service at 10. So, And uh, I didn't have any training you know, in that realm at all anyway. But I went through that, and the, and the wonderful thing, or I guess it's not so wonderful, but what really helped me in that was that I did 45 funerals in that nine months, and I got to really encounter the way that people perceived themselves and their spiritual life. As their religious leader in that context, that's something that, you know, you participate in these events with people. And this is when you learn what it is that they're doing and what they're taking out of it. And I was playing guitar about seven hours a day at that point. The great thing about being alone was that I could get up at seven in the morning and play guitar until noon and then do my jobs for five hours. And then I would go back and play guitar until 11 or 12 at night. And I was studying with a National Fingerstyle champion Eric Lugash, down at the Old Town School of Folk Music in Chicago at the time. So I was possessed by guitar at the point and loving my job, but really wanted to give music a try. And I had a chance to go out to Seattle with the guy who I had played a little bit of music with and done a few recordings, you know, just very low-key recordings with previous to that. So I thought, well, I'll take a semester off. I only have one semester left of school. Let's see what happens. I can always come back next year and finish. And, you know, that was 17 years ago. <laughs> Which is to say, I guess you haven't finished that course or study in life, but music has taken over. As you said, you felt possessed by music. I'm sure there's some people in the Slovak church who thought that maybe it was possession and that maybe you needed an exorcism. Was it a comfortable fit there in that church with the Slovak folks? I mean, were you supposed to be leading the service in Slovak? No, they did have an, a guy who was about 90 who did the Slovak service, and he could barely hold a train of thought in English or any other language, but he was capable of reciting their liturgy in Slovak, and so they did it. But And that was only the oldest people, so there was still seven or 800 cognizant English-speaking <laughs> people that were pretty... It was, it was nice. It was working-class West Chicago. You know, it was very different from where I grew up, but at the same time, it was a really 
a wonderful group of people, a lot of whom I'm still in contact with. I want to ask you a lot about that, but let's do it in between songs. The first song you told me you want to include for your Song of the Soul, Bruce, is The Labyrinth. Julie included this in her Song of the Soul as well. Your connection, I don't even know who writes the lyrics to your songs. Julie most often Mm -hmm. is the front singer. Do you equally share this? Is Labyrinth part of your spiritual thing, or is the song, the music behind? What part do you claim? In this one, what's important about it for me, um, well, Julie writes the lyrics and writes some of the music, or I write some of the music. Maybe I have an idea, and I'm like, listen to this, and she'll write to that. But in that particular instance, we had been through a lot of death in our family, a lot of fear and a lot of really strong emotions that were that were really, I think, overwhelming both of us. And we were literally sitting in two different rooms and in various levels of despondency, and then she started writing this song. And so... I think the greatest spiritual meaning for me has even to do with the event of it was composed by a person I share my life and my path with in order to connect us to ourselves again and connect us to our spirituality again in order to walk our way out of the mirth and the the thick, painful miasma that we were surrounded by. So it's a triumph in that sense that... Yeah, it's part of my gratitude that we can work together and that we can both think about the same thing and, and move ourselves out of that. And then she'll write a song and I get to participate in it musically. Because all of our songs are really, um, when, we're, when we're doing them, my, uh, guitar playing for me really is, I think, my number one spiritual exercise. I don't really perceive it like a performance as if I'm trying to execute a series of things that are... Or, or notes or chords that I'm trying to do, it's always fluid. There's no set thing that I have to do ever when I'm playing. And for me, just you know, playing the notes and, and getting into the guitar and being able to participate in the song where somebody else is saying the words that are healing my soul while I'm connecting with them through music, it's kind of the ultimate. For me, that's my real spiritual experience. The song is The Labyrinth by Patchouli.
beautiful song was Labyrinth. It's by Patchouli. I'm here today with co-member of the group Patchouli. His name is Bruce Hexel, and he's been doing this music with his partner Julie for about 10 years now, 13 recordings, which of course you're going to go out and find via patchouli.net. If, like me, you are spelling challenged when it comes to advanced words like patchouli, come to northernspiritradio.org and you'll find the link to Bruce and Julie's site. So again, that was the labyrinth. And Julie told me when I was interviewing her, Bruce, that you have a labyrinth near your home there in Maiden Rock. Is this something that you do too? Do you go out strolling and find yourself again on the labyrinth? I do do that. But more often I'm walking in a straight line and the same thing happens. I like to walk outside for about four miles or so every day. And uh, But yeah, it's a wonderful thing. And this particular song, to me, again, it's really about the performance of it that is my labyrinth. You were going to seminary at one point. You were planning to be a pastor and that kind of thing. Is this pastoral work that you're doing when you're getting up playing songs like The Labyrinth? Yeah, I think it is in in a way that is, is much better for me. I like the fact that I don't have to make up the words for most of the things uh, that Julie writes them. And I think that she's coming from such a... A grounded, organic, spiritual place that is very universal, that it feels very welcoming and opening, you know, not not evangelical at all, but it's an opening and welcoming kind of pouring out of our hearts and our spirits and to participate in joy and, and in the emotions of recovering ourselves through music and doing that in front of people. And by doing that, that energy and that that comes off of it is the ministry you know I, th I feel like that's what we do for each other and that's what if any real benefit our music has i feel like that's what it is and that by doing the best thing we can for ourselves the emanations are coming off to other people i just noticed bruce as you talked about it there was a little bit of evangelical and the hint in your voice was and that's not your thing. That's not something you approve of. Do you look at your former life back when you were 22? Do you look at that and say, was I really going to do that? Or, or is that something you still have some esteem for? Can you still go to a Lutheran church and feel like you're getting something spiritually out of it? That is a great question. I, when I go to a Lutheran church, which is not very often because we do play just about every Sunday, yeah, I do mostly have problems. You know, within Lutheranism itself, in the intellectual world, in the theological world of Lutheranism, it's practically a universalist faith. So there's this beautiful openness in there that um, unfortunately is not really present in the rest of it. And so my hope always resides with that eventually it will discover itself as an open, welcoming, universalist type of faith. Because that's, for my own spirituality, that's the only thing that I can really see as viable. And so, yeah, for me, the idea of evangelism, I guess you could say that the reason that I'm a guitar player instead of a pastor is because I believe that it's much better for me to act in such a way that gives off positiveness by itself than it is for me to try to talk somebody into a way of being or to tell them or recite to them things that are me telling them how 
to discover themselves. Instead, I feel like it's much better for me to be my spiritual self in front of them. And if they can take something from them, then that's real. It's absolutely something that's tangible and happening, as opposed to something that's forced or wrote or just something that they've come to expect. And so that also gives me a chance to be brutally honest with myself and make sure that that's what I'm doing at all times. It's very easy to be a a clergy person or a leader and go up there and say anything and and say and yell at people for being you know you know I never did that but nevertheless you know to try to tell people what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing and addressing their problems but I feel like when it comes down to it it was more important for me to be able to kind of heal myself and find that healing in myself and let that be my example yeah, and it's a great example you're giving. I've been to enough of your performances to know that good grows in people's souls as they're listening. And part of it is the words, the lyrics, and part of it's the music, and part of it's just the general spirit that the two of you convey together as you're making music. Song number two for your Song of the Soul is The Carrying, and this is a relatively new one, I think. Where's it come from? How do you connect to it? And how is this part of your continued song of the soul? This is a song about forgiveness. And this is one that is just one of those things that I think is so critical just because it, it's that real release. You know, especially if you did grow up like I did in a conservative religious tradition, I had a tendency to, you know, to just carry all that baggage around, even though I, I was surrounded by lots and lots of words telling me, you know, what to do and what to say and how to release this. And I was surrounded by the word forgiveness. It took me a long time to actually participate in forgiveness to the point that I felt like I really believed it and I felt like it was really happening. I felt like I really deserved it and that it was something that I could access. And so that's what I love about this song because the carrying is your life, what you're carrying with you when you ask for forgiveness and when you accept forgiveness from somebody or for somebody, you know, you're letting that burden go and your carrying is lighter. It's amazing how hard it can be to give up this baggage that we're carrying. Why is it so hard to put it down? Why can't we just release this? And I wonder if everybody in the audience, as they're listening, they're they're finding a way to drop things so that these are words that are doing this pastoral function of leading people to forgiveness instead of telling them, Jesus forgave our sins, therefore forgive each other. Somehow the what flows through us with this song helps us to forgive. Yeah, I think just in the imagery, forgiveness, it's a strange thing. It makes the heart work and the birds sing and the day come. You know, these are, you know, they're descriptions of that place that you find instead of, you know, I think it's easy to focus on the the mire and how bad we are and how in need we are of forgiveness instead of how joyful we will be when we let it go. And sometimes that's just the place that you need to go. That's what I just, I love to sing those words. It makes the day come and the world sing. You know, just kind of like, it helps to free me up. Forgiveness is such a strange thing It makes the hard work and the truth wait It lets the day come And the birds sing A sweet song For the carrier 
To the place where the broken go To return to the ebb and the flow Where the pieces again become whole And holy And we walk Cause if we run We'll give ourselves Such a strange thing It makes the heart work And the truth break It lets the day come And the birds sing A sweet song For the caring To the place where the broken go To return to the heaven Where the pieces again become And holy And we walk as if we run We'll give ourselves The Carrying by Patchouli. And Bruce from Patchouli is here with me today to share his Song of the Soul. You are listening to Song of the Soul, and I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet. My home radio station is here in Eau Claire. It's WHYSLP Eau Claire. And of course, you can always find them via my website, northernspiritradio.org. You'll also find a link there to patchouli.net. That was The Carrying we were listening to. And we're moving along a labyrinth of song that speaks of Bruce Hexel's spiritual journey. You said after you left seminary, you know, you headed out towards Washington State, Seattle, I think. You were doing music there. What kind of music was that? Where were you going? Julie, when I interviewed her, said that you kind of had these two spiritual disciplines going on, and maybe music is the spiritual discipline that carried the day. 
Yeah, I think that was a big part of it. I was wondering at the time what was going to happen. And we were playing the same kind of music we do now. What was with a different, there was a guy and he was, uh, he was a really great songwriter. And he was also a Lutheran pastor's kid. Um, <laughs> and so here, and we were both these long blonde haired kids. I remember walking to a bar once and somebody dropped their dishes and said, Holy Nelson. You know, if you remember the eighties group with these super long blonde haired guys, you know, that was kind of our, uh, our look, but it was much like this. It was influenced by the sixties and seventies and it was also spiritual and spiritually based it but it wasn't focused in that way and so i think that when julie and i started making music which is only actually it was at the same time julie and i were writing songs and i was writing songs with this other person there were two things happening simultaneously and that didn't have the spiritual basis that i thought would carry us through our lives whereas the one that i was doing with julie just seemed always to have that it seemed to be a grounding place that I never wanted to leave. She told me that the first concert that you and she did together, that just the two of you, was down in normal Illinois. It was kind of a, a benefit fundraiser or something for Amnesty International. Are you a aficionado of Amnesty International? Is this your politics, your outlook on the world? For me, I find that my faith as a Quaker and my activism in the world go hand in hand. I wouldn't be living out my faith if I wasn't living out my activism, and my activism without my faith wouldn't make any sense. So Julie said that when the group that you and she were part of was invited down there, you two said, yeah, this really calls to me, but the rest of the folks said, eh. Yeah, that's exactly right, especially the journey that that band was on at the time, which was just about at the end. You know, It probably ended about a year before that, really, but it was still going through its dying phases. But it was indicative of, I, th I think both of us really found joy when we did that. We found that, wow, you know, with just the two of us, we can do so many things. We're so light on our feet. We could just go everywhere and play in coffee houses and support these things specifically. And I think the other band had a much more, um, I guess, a leaning that would be much more towards the mainstream meaning we would play in clubs and college bars and things like that, whereas Julie and I are really intentional about the kinds of places that we play. And we don't like to play in bars, and we don't like to play in environments where we can't somehow have a musical celebration out of it. Yeah, she told me that you like to play a lot of outdoor venues, and so you stay in the Midwest when it's warm here. I don't think that tonight the concert you're going to go do is outdoors. I think you're going to be indoors while it's 11 below. Mm -hmm. When you migrate south, which is typically in this time of year, again, is it outdoor venues? Is that a big thing? What percentage of your performances are outdoors? I guess now it, it's becoming really a great percentage. In the summer from about May through September, I think it's about 90% of what we do. And now we'll be going down south for the next couple months until March, where I would imagine also about 90% of the venues will be outdoors. So it didn't used to be this way. It probably was more 50-50, but it's getting towards maybe 80% of the venues that we play. It's kind of amazing to me how attuned you are to the outdoors. I mean, you were a city boy, and I think she was a city girl when, when you were boys and girls. But you really focus towards the outdoors. And the next song that you chose, called The Woodlands, again, brings us back to that theme. You seem to be out moving about always. 
Yeah, I think the grounding influence of nature is something that I think, especially if you grow up in an urban environment and with your youthful discontent, will be reaching for. There's many ways you can go, but both of us really gravitated towards the natural world and found a lot of joy that way. I spent four summers as a camp counselor by Amory, Wisconsin. I feel like that was just the idea that I spent all that time outside playing guitar it's kind of i knew that's what i had to do for the rest of my life because it was the happiest i'd ever been you know i think that is the grounding base for both of our spiritualities is is nature and even though we perceive of our spirit and god as uh, above us and around and through all the evidence all the concreteness is everywhere you know the love and the support is in our food and our shelter and our clothing and the ground that we walk on and you know it it is still this garden of eden and so for us spending as much time in it as possible is our number one priority which is why you included the song the woodlands what i was thinking about with this song was the way that energy flows through the plants and animals and trees and back to us and back through them and how it's a continual circle and cycle that we're so much part of the earth and we're so much part of the plants that we eat in the air that we breathe and it's kind of a celebration of the oneness of everything the song is the woodlands patchouli the sun Right into the branches of the tree The light binds With its boundless stores of energy It's the light I find inside of Always more and more to follow When I breathe and when I swallow All throughout my life The woodlands Are a life-sustaining the good lands over all the nations endlessly indiscriminate in spite of we always more and more to follow As the wind blows On the rich and on the fallow No matter what becomes tomorrow Come and go 
ground records this memory Without bias to the story Without pain and without glory On the hill and in the hollow Always more and more to follow Julie, and as I think you could tell there, instead of having Julie as the lead vocal, Bruce stepped to the front. I, generally, Julie is the one out in front. You've got a wonderful voice. Why isn't it more prominent? Is it just because Julie won't let you? Yes, yeah, she won't let me. And <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She, um, it has to do with what I was talking about earlier. I, I guess I really just didn't want to be the person who talked so much in my life and I wanted to take a lot more time to listen and Julie is a really gifted person who is always writing poetry and I'm a kind of person who's always playing the guitar so I, you know we gravitate towards our natural things but I occasionally a song will come up and that was sort of a time where for me they pretty much have to be channeled directly to paper you know without a whole lot of thought for me to think that it's something that's going to be worth doing. Otherwise, I'll tend to force it, and that's what I'm trying to get away from. So maybe some point I will become adept at really communicating in that way. But to this point, I think it's just because that's about all I can do, one song every five years where I write the words. So evidently you did write the lyrics for that song. Um, lines like, I think, what's it, indiscriminate in spite of we. Mm -hmm. Do you need some grammar lessons? <laughs> Perhaps I do. That's just a whole part of it, you know. Um, it's something where, you know, I'm just trying to kind of get it out there and communicate the idea, you know, whatever way I can. But, yeah, I'd, I've never spent a lot of time with poetry or writing poetry at all. And most of the writing that I did in my life was uh, theological in nature and philosophical, all of my school and grad school. So all I've ever done is written long papers with giant words that's a big part of the stumbling block. It's very difficult for me to condense that into something that makes sense or that somebody would want to listen to. I have lots of songs like that. Doctoral songs, I guess. <laughs> so maybe that's why you chose Leonard Cohen's song, The Faith, as part of your song of the soul? Yeah. This song, uh, it makes me cry every time I hear it and just gives me chills to even think of the words. Because he is one of these people that is so skilled in poetry and and also in spirituality. He's is a big meditator and, and puts that into his work. But I was struck by this song. You know, he wrote this when he was seventy one. It's the song that seems to it's about compassion for love as an entity. So or or God as love, you know, this being it's sort of this tender tender treatment thinking back you know after all these years 
after all the religions, after all the things that human has done, oh, love, aren't you tired yet? You know, I just think it's one of the most powerful songs and phrases that I've ever heard. I was particularly struck by the time he's talking about, I don't know, maybe all the people who've died, I'm not sure, but he talks about the cross and the star and the minaret and so all these different faiths. I have this sense that he's saying, he's questioning whether they're part of the solution. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. And I think that because I think the faiths are always indicative of humanity and humanity trying to interact in its spirituality, which always, for the well, for the most part, ends up, you know, whenever there's a kind of a spiritual discipline, it's easy for it to be corrupted. So politicized, corrupted, and taken out of context and commercialized. And so I think this happens to almost all of the faiths, and, and then it, there's fundamentalism, and then there's conservatism, and once a faith starts, it gets expanded and pulled to the point where it doesn't resemble itself on any of the fringes, and always in the center, maybe then they all end up being kind of the same thing. But in the song, I guess it's the idea that love is patiently, tenderly nurturing us through this process, even though we may never complete it.
that was The Faith by Leonard Cohen. It's part of Bruce Hexel's Song of the Soul here today. I've noticed a pattern, Bruce, and I want to just check it with you. So the first song we had was The Labyrinth, then The Carrying, and then The Woodlands, and then The Faith. Are you really hung up on the word the? Yeah, it's a, it is a big part of my whole spiritual trip. Um, <laughs> it is kind of, it's kind of funny. And even to have somebody else having titled a the song. I'm going to have to look into that. So that was The Faith by Leonard Cohen. Beautiful song. The next one that you chose is Finlandia. And you didn't tell me who it's by. I'm figuring maybe it's you playing it, or it could be anybody, I, mean, I suppose. I, I wouldn't necessarily recognize your fingers at work, although they're pretty incredible. And your terra guitarra, that's all music that you're making with your hands. You mentioned there's another one that you just finished that's another terra guitar, which is to say instrumental guitar? Yeah, terra guitar is an instrumental guitar project. It's mostly Spanish guitar influence, but it's all stuff I make up. But I do have a Christmas album called Winter Solstice, where I've done instrumental versions of some of my favorite seasonal you know, songs. And, and I, I put Finlandia on one of that. For me, it's, it's about rootedness. You know, I love it that it's, it's kind of like a song about a place. You know, it's a melody that associates itself with a real place and that's the way i've perceived my instrumental guitar project when i'm walking i hear melodies and then i go home and transcribe them and that becomes the project and so in putting this one it's, it's kind of like a a justification you know when when people did classical music um these beautiful things like the moldau where you know they're describing their natural environment and they're so powerful this one just gives me this really beautiful connectedness somehow. And it was played at my dad's funeral and my grandpa's funeral as the hymn, Be Still My Soul. I guess I wanted to connect myself to that rootedness through this song.
That's Finlandia, performed by Bruce Hexel as part of his Terra Guitar Project on Winter Solstice CD that you have. Again, you can go to their website, patchouli.net, or find it via northernspiritradio.org. You said, Bruce, that you just finished up today another CD, or maybe put the last song together. You're working out of your home. You do CD mastering for yourselves and for others, including my guest just recently on Song of the Soul. At your recommendation, I included a 13-year-old named Kenzie Joy. Yeah, that was a really fun project. I've had a good time um, working with some of the local musicians and doing their recordings and, you know, special people that I kind of like where they're coming from or where they might be going. And Kenzie sure has a future ahead of her, and it was really fun to do that project. And yeah, we just finished up this one pretty much today. It won't come out for a while, but all the mystery and guesswork is over with this one. Does it have a name? Does it have a name in your imagination? Is it just Terra Guitarra, the sequel, or Terra Guitarra, the other universe? Yeah, right now it's called Terra Guitarra 3, and the potential working title is The Mother Night. Which brings us to your last song for your song of the soul, The Woods. And now you're living in the midst of the woods. As the lyrics that Julie wrote to this song, that's where you find your center, you reestablish yourself, you get clear and clean is going to the woods, to the water, to the natural things, the mountains. That's equally true for the both of you? Yeah, I think it is. Um, it's definitely something that we both love to participate in together, and that's exactly it. It's kind of the summation of everything that I've thought about, is that wherever I find an answer, you know, it's in the natural world and it's already there. And when I find a need, if I look deep enough, I can usually get that need met by something that has already been given as a gift. And that giftedness of, of life is, you know, a source of great joy and inspiration to me. And tying it all together, you know, that song is, is really just a hymn to the natural world. And, and it's really a joy to sing. I go to the woods to feel me And I go to the river to let my mind run I go to the mountain to gain perspective, I go to the fields to open up. I look to the lake to reflect. I look to the sky to imagine. I travel highways to go somewhere new. I go to the woods to feel it, and I go to the river to let my mind run. I go to the mountain. To gain perspective, I go to the fields To open up, I look to the lake to reflect I look to the sky to imagine I travel highways To go somewhere new, I go to the Still need 
find our way out And how go to the woods to feel it And how go to the river to let my mind run I go to the mountain to gain perspective I go to the fields to open up I look to the lake to reflect I look to the sky to imagine I travel highways to go somewhere new It takes practice and patience. It's love. It takes practice and patience. And I go to the woods to feel good. And I go to the river to let my mind run. I go to the mountain to gain perspective. I go to the fields to open up. I look to the lake to reflect. The Woods by Patchouli. I want to mention, Bruce, this is now tied for lead. In, in the four and a half years I've been doing Song of the Soul, my guests have chosen songs by other people from time to time. Until you chose this song today, the leader was You've Got a Friend. You're now tied with James Taylor and You've Got a Friend for all-time appearances on Song of the Soul. It makes you feel pretty good, doesn't it? That really does make me feel good. That's heartwarming to know that your songs can be meaningful in a really important way for other people. I think that's as high a compliment as a musician needs. 
Thanks so much for coming, sharing your song of the soul. Thanks for making such beautiful music possible in the world. I really think that by your music, if you could accept the name evangelical, in terms of, you know, you're bringing joy to the world. I think you're doing a great spiritual service each time you stand up there and share your music. So thanks for sharing it here today for Song of the Soul. You're welcome, Mark. And it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. And yes, it is. It is musical evangelism. That was Bruce Hexel of Patchouli. Find him at patchouli.net. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul.